Section 30 of Through Fairy Halls of My Bookhouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joe Becker. Through Fairy Halls of My Bookhouse, edited by Olive Bupre Miller. The Twelve Months, a Bohemian Fairy Tale. There once was a woman who had in her care two children, Katinka, the elder was the woman's own daughter, and she was as ugly in face as she was in heart. But Dobrunka, the younger, who was only a foster child, was both beautiful and good. Now the sight of Dobrunka, with all her winsome ways, made Katinka appear more than ever hateful and ugly. So the mother and the daughter were always in a rage with Dobrunka. She was made to sweep, cook, wash, sew, spin, weave, cut the grass, and take care of the cow, while Katinka lived like a princess. All this Dobrunka did with great good will, but that only made Katinka and her mother the more angry. The better she was, the more plainly did their own wickedness show by contrast. And as they had no wish to do away with their wickedness, they made up their minds to do away with Dobrunka. One cold day in January, when frost castles glistened on the window panes, and the earth was white with snow, Katinka took a fancy for some violets. She called Dobrunka harshly to her and said, Go to the forest, lazy bones, and bring me a bunch of violets, that I may put them in my bosom and enjoy their fragrance. Oh, sister, answered Dobrunka gently, I cannot find you any violets under the snow. But Katinka snapped out angrily, Hold your tongue and do as I bid you. Go to the forest and bring me back a bunch of violets, or you'll find this door forever slammed shut in your face. Upon this Katinka and her mother took Dobrunka by the arm, thrust her, without wraps or warm winter clothing, out into the cold, and drew the bolt on her. The poor girl went to the forest weeping sadly. Everything was covered with snow, there was not a footpath anywhere, and the giant pines and oaks bowed their branches low, borne down with their icy burdens. Soon, in all this white and glittering wilderness, Dobrunka lost her way and wandered about, famished with hunger and perishing with cold. Still in her heart she trusted that help would come to one who had done no harm. All at once she saw a light in the distance, a light that glowed in the sky and quivered now and again as if from the flickering flame of some mighty fire. With her eyes fixed hopefully upon that light, Dobrunka climbed towards it. Higher and higher she climbed until at last she reached the top of a giant rock, and there around a fire, the figures bright in the light and casting long dark shadows behind, sat twelve motionless figures on twelve great stones. Each figure was wrapped in a long, flowing mantle, his head covered with a hood which fell over his eyes. Three of these mantles were white like the snow, three were green like the grass of the meadows, three were golden like sheaves of ripe wheat, and three were purple as ripened grapes. These twelve figures who sat there gazing at the fire in perfect silence were the twelve months of the year. Dobrunka knew January by his long white beard. He was the only one who had a staff in his hand. The sweet girl was confused at this sight, for she was not one to thrust herself forward with strangers. Still she spoke to them with great respect. My good sirs, I pray you let me warm myself by your fire. I am freezing with cold. January nodded his head and motioned her to draw near the blaze. Why have you come here, my child? he asked. What are you looking for? I am looking for violets replied Dobrunka. This is not the season for violets, 
Dost thou expect to find violets in the time of snow? January's voice was gruff. Nay, replied Dobrunka sadly. I know this is not the season for violets, but my foster sister and mother thrust me out of doors and bade me get them. They will never let me come under the shelter of their roof again unless I obey. Oh, my good sirs, can you not tell me where I shall find them? Old January rose, and turning to a mere youth in a green mantle, put his staff in his hand and said, Brother March, this is your business. March rose in turn and stirred the fire with the staff, when, behold, the flames rose and snow melted, the buds began to swell on the trees, the grass turned green under the bushes, faint, faint color peeped forth through the green, and the violets opened, and it was spring. Make haste, my child, and gather your violets, said March. Dobrunka gathered a large bouquet, thanked the twelve months, and ran home joyously. Katinka and her mother were struck dumb with astonishment when they saw her spring lightly in with shining face at the doorway. The fragrance of the violets filled the whole house. "'Where did you come upon these things?' asked Katinka, when she had recovered the use of her tongue. "'Up yonder on the mountain,' answered Dobrunka. "'It looked like a great blue carpet under the bushes.' But Katinka only snatched away the flowers, put them in her own bosom, and never once said so much as a thank you. The next morning, Katinka, as she sat idly by the stove, took a fancy for some strawberries. "'Go to the forest, good-for-nothing, and bring me some strawberries,' cried she to Dobrunka. "'Oh, sister,' answered Dobrunka, "'but there are no strawberries under the snow. Hold your tongue and do as I bid you.' And the mother and daughter took Dobrunka by the arm thrust her out of the door, and drew the bolt on her once again. So the sweet child returned to the forest, singing this time to keep up her courage, and looking with all her eyes for the light she had seen the day before. At length she spied it, and reached the great fire, trembling with cold, but still singing. The twelve months were in their places, motionless and silent. "'My good sirs,' said Dobrunka, "'please let me warm myself by your fire. I am almost frozen.' "'Why have you come hither again?' asked January. "'What are you looking for now?' "'I am looking for strawberries,' answered she. "'This is not the season for strawberries,' growled January. "'There are no strawberries under the snow.' "'I know it,' replied Dobrunka sadly. "'But alas, I may never again cross my foster-mother's threshold unless I find them.' Old January rose, and turning to a full-grown man in a golden mantle, he put his staff in his hand, saying, "'Brother June, this is your business.' June rose in turn and stirred the fire with the staff, when, behold, the flames rose, the snow melted, the earth grew green, the trees were covered with leaves, the birds sang, the flowers burst into bloom, and it was summer. Thousands of little white stars dotted the green turf, then turned slowly to red strawberries, ripe and luscious in their little green cups.' "'Make haste, my child, and gather your strawberries,' said June. Dobrunka filled her apron, thanked the twelve months, and ran home joyously. Once again Katinka and her mother were struck dumb with astonishment when they saw her spring lightly in with shining face at the doorway. The fragrance of the strawberries filled the whole house. "'Where did you find these fine things?' asked Katinka, when she had recovered the use of her tongue. "'Up yonder on the mountain,' answered Dobrunka, as she handed the berries to Katinka. There were so many of them, they looked like a crimson carpet on the ground. Katinka and her mother devoured the strawberries, and never once said so much as a thank you. The third day Katinka took a fancy for some red apples, 
and she thrust Dobrunka out to fetch them with the same treat she had used before. Dobrunka ran through the snow, so she came once more to the top of the great rock and the motionless figures around the fire. "'You here again, my child?' said January, as he made room for her before the fire. Dobrunka told him sadly that it was rosy red apples she must bring home this time. Old January rose as before. "'Brother September,' he said to a man with an iron-gray beard who wore a purple mantle, "'this is your business.' September rose and stirred the fire with the staff. When, behold, the flames ascended, the snow melted, yellow and crimson leaves appeared on the trees, gently a brown leaf floated down, and it was autumn. But Dobrunka saw one thing only, an apple tree with its rosy fruit. "'Make haste, my child, shake the tree,' said September. Dobrunka shook it, an apple fell. She shook it again, and down fell another. "'Now take what thou hast, and hurry home,' cried September." The good child thanked the twelve months and obediently ran home. Now the astonishment of Katinka and her mother knew no bounds. "'Apples in January? Where did you get them?' asked Katinka. "'Up yonder on the mountain. There is a tree there loaded down with them. Why did you bring only these two? You ate the rest on the way.' "'Nay, sister, I did not touch them. I was only permitted to shake the tree twice, so only two apples fell down.' At that Katinka cried angrily. I do not believe you. You have eaten the rest. Be gone. And she drove Dobrunka out of the room. Then she sat down and ate one of the apples while her mother ate the other. Their flavor was delicious. They had never tasted the like before. Mother, cried Katinka, give me my warm fur cloak. I must have more of these apples. I shall go to the mountain, find the tree, and shake it as long as I like, whether I am permitted or not. I shall bring back for myself all the delicious fruit on the tree. The mother tried to stop her from going forth into the wintry forest, but the spoiled child would not heed her. Wrapping herself in her warm fur coat, and pulling the hood down over her ears, she hurried away. Everything was covered with snow. There was not even a footpath. Katinka lost her way, but urged on by greedy desire for the apples, she still went forward till she spied a light in the distance. Then she climbed and she climbed till at last she reached the place where the twelve months sat around their fire. But she knew not who they were, so she pushed rudely through their midst and up to the fire without even a by your leave. "'Why have you come here? What do you want?' asked old January gruffly. "'What matters it to you, old man?' answered Katinka. "'It is none of your business.' And without another word she turned and disappeared into the forest. January frowned till his brow was black as a storm-cloud. He raised his staff above his head, and in a twinkling the fire went out. Black darkness covered the earth, and the wind rose, and the snow fell. Katinka could not see the way before her. The snow beat on her face and into her eyes and loomed up. The mountains high before her. She lost herself and vainly tried to find the way home. She called her mother, she cursed her sister, she shrieked out wildly. The snow fell and the wind blew. The snow fell and the wind blew. The mother looked for her darling ceaselessly, first from the door, and then from the window, and then from the door, and then from the window. The hours passed, and the clock struck midnight, and still Katinka did not return. "'I shall go and look for my daughter,' said the mother. She wrapped herself warmly in her great fur cloak and hood, and waded off through the drifts into the forest. Everything was covered with snow. There was not even a footpath. At each step the woman called out through the storm for her daughter. The snow fell and the wind blew. The snow fell and the wind blew. 
Dubrunko waited at home through the night, but no one returned. In the morning she sat herself down at her spinning wheel and began to spin, but ever and again she sprang up and looked out the window. What could have happened? she said, but the only answer was the glare of the sun on the ice and the crackling of the branches beneath their heavy burdens. Winter passed and summer came, but Katinka and her mother never returned to the little cottage beside the forest. So the house, the cow, the garden, and the meadow fell to Dobrunka. In the course of time, her prince came. She married, and the place resounded with laughter and joy and singing. The spring months called the world into bloom for her. Summer brought her flowers and sunny skies, the green things growing. Autumn filled her storehouse with golden grain and ripened fruit, and winter gave her sweet home joys with her little ones by the blazing hearth. No matter how much the north wind blew, and the house shook, and the snow fell, there was always spring and summer in Dabrunka's heart. So the roses climbed up over her cottage, the sweetest songbird sang at her door, her blossoming fruit trees perfumed the air, and the laughter of her children made music everywhere. End of section 30 Recording by Joe Becker